Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Research that resonates. Schweitzer has not been wrong on any of his years and years of reporting on the Bidens. Investigations that matter. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. The only entities, the only people that would report on this, and Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view, this is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hi, this is Peter Schweitzer, and welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power in Washington, D.C. Seated by my side, as always, is Eric Eggers, who is the co-host of this podcast. He's an author and vice president here at the Government Accountability Institute. So, Eric, I was thinking, we talk a lot about the books that we have written, yep, right? We that's, do. That's something we, we, we do as proud authors. We don't often talk about books that we're actually reading written by other people. Have you read anything good lately? I was going to say, originally? is that just a point or is that a question? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just curious. Have yeah. you read anything interesting lately? So it's really hard for me to read books uh, for several reasons. Number one is just from a functional intelligence standpoint. But number two <laughs> is once I've sort of worked on and read yours, it's like going from a Michelin restaurant. There you go. You there know what I mean? To like you. back alley Thank dumpster you. diving. Are you due for a raise? Is that why you're bringing this up? Well, that, no, why I'm bringing it up is <laughs> that I have to eat out of a dumpster. So uh, no, but I think I did actually read a book not too long ago that was kind of fascinating. It's called The Death of Expertise. Mm -hmm. I've heard about it. And it's basically like how as Americans, we have a growing distrust of what we like to call uh, the expert class, right? Right. Um, but I will say, and this is me seamlessly and shamelessly referencing my my own book, uh, unlike my 2018 book, which basically just becomes more relevant by the day about election integrity issues. Uh, I think the death of expertise is about to be proven totally irrelevant. <laughs> now, why would you say that? Because as uh, we're about to discuss today, the Biden administration has appointed the ultimate expert to advise us on America's green energy policy. So I think his unquestioned excellence <laughs> and uh credentials will win the entire American distrusting people back into believing that experts actually know what they're talking about. <laughs> right. Well, there's a newly created role as senior advisor to clean for clean energy policy and innovation and implementation at the White House. And the person appointed to that position is drum roll, John Podesta who is going to oversee $370 billion in spending that is allocated under the terribly named Inflation Reduction Act. You call him John Podesta. I call him Eddie Expert because he is just, you know. <laughs> 
Well, and that's interesting you say that because he's going to be doling out in in one form or another $370 billion. Yep. Uh, the law gives him the responsibility for structuring the law's grant programs, clarifying language on tax credits, and touting its economic and jobs potential. Um, really crucial for a lot of companies and industries. So let's play a little game if you don't mind we'd like to i'd like to question you about john podesta's expertise you okay. said the death of expertise is that really true so his expertise about- is beyond question his expertise <laughs> just like god his expertise is big enough for your questions <laughs> so let me ask you a question he's going to be uh looking at uh and overseeing the doling out of 370 billion dollars in yep. clean energy uh is he an engineer or businessman is he an engineer well he is not an engineer and i, I like how you try to right away with the intellectual and academic snobbery okay he's not an engineer but he is a very successful businessman. He has started one of the more successful businesses in the country. Which would be? His family's lobbying firm. That's right. Okay. That, loosely defined, you yeah. could say that a lobbyist uh, And by is the way, a, it's, it's the Office of Clean Energy Innovation and Implementation. There's nothing about engineering there, <laughs> Pete. <laughs> so let me ask the, the follow-up question. He's not an engineer. Right. You say, you're going to argue he's a successful businessman. I'm not sure I would count lobbying as that, but I'll grant you that. Is he an energy expert? Does he have any background in the energy industry? He absolutely does. Thank you for asking. He has energetically pursued <laughs> numerous jobs. Oh God, this is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Various democratic of uh, government regimes in between his time as a lobbyist. Okay, well, and then I, he also helped create the Center for American Progress. Which who's against right. progress? Who's against America? Who's against center? <laughs> right, right. You, you communist slob. <laughs> so we're gonna say we're gonna put that down as a no. He's not an energy expert, okay. uh, even though you have this vigorous defense of him. Third question is: Has he ever written a book on energy policy? Has he ever written a book on energy policy? Uh, yes, he, uh, Silent Spring. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I think it's the book that started the entire... No, I that's, think that's, that was okay. Rachel Carlson. No, I think you're right yeah. about that. No. So, yeah, so not to my knowledge, no. Yeah, so, so this is, I think, an example of... The huge problem we have in this country. Okay, but but he has written the forward to a book, though. Yeah, he has written the forward to a book. You want to tell us what that book is? Well, was? I think you're the one that knew this, so... <laughs> He's actually written the forward to a book on UFOs. So I don't know if that counts as energy. Innovative. That's right. Yeah, yeah, it's technology, <laughs> right? right? It's, it's, Nailed it. <laughs> it's technology. But, I, you know, this is a thing that I think frustrates and angers a lot of people. And that is that, that this was pushed through the Inflation Reduction Act. We're going to put all this money into technology and energy and innovation and making us more efficient. And who are we going to put in charge of doling this out? A guy that does not have background in the private sector at all. I mean, you look at John Podesta's biography, congressional staffer, White House staffer, lobbyist, set up a, a liberal nonprofit. That's it. He has no energy background. He never worked in the energy industry. He has no energy expertise. He's not even written a book on energy policy. And yet this is the guy. This is the one guy that the Biden administration picks to dole out this money. It reeks of kind of cronyism and corruption in so many ways that are frustrating to so many people these days. Because that's actually the one thing he does have a background in. That's right. And it is weird. I mean, and not to be ageist, but my man is 73. So you think about green (laughs) and clean and emerging. Look into the future. Emerging technology, <laughs> exactly, forward thinking. Right. And we got a guy that's like, hey, turn up the volume on Matlock, yeah. you know? Well, it, 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 what it could have been was Biden was like, get me a young guy. <laughs> and for Biden, Podesta, I guess, is a young guy. But no, in all seriousness, I mean, John Podesta has no reason to be given this position right. other than the fact 
that since the Clinton years in the 1990s, he has been at the nexus, the epicenter of big donors Mm -hmm. to Democratic politics and the fusion of those donors with government policies. Which is basically the job now. That's exactly right. And I think that's the point. So in case you're wondering, oh, because we have this task, we're trying to cut our emissions by 50% by the end of the decade. And they say, well, actually, if you look at even the scientists say that we're really best case scenario, we'll cut it by 40% by the end of the decade, which, hey, we're all in favor of greater efficiency, being smarter. Yeah, Yeah, we like to breathe air, you know, who's who's anti that? I'm in favor. Yeah, but uh, I think the idea is that if you really were serious about pursuing things with purely just let's be good stewards of the environment, let's make the best uh, case for having a clean environment, then we would have someone with actual scientific background. Instead, and it gets back to one of the tenets of this program, big government and big business oftentimes are business partners. And so what this appears to represent is another merger between big government and the form of the Biden administration and the green energy industry, yes. which has put their people in the Biden administration. That That's exactly right. And and by the way, we've done this before, something similar to this back in the Obama administration. Uh, and it's interesting to look, and we're going to talk here now about that history. Right. Uh, and then we want to talk a little bit about some of the entanglements that John Podesta has, not just in the United States mm-hmm. with certain special interests and donors, but actually overseas with Russia and China and elsewhere. But back in the Obama administration, you remember uh, that this was part of the stimulus that was going to sort of revive America after the financial crisis in 2008. Hashtag shovel ready. That's right. Shovel ready. Exactly right. I forgot that. that that's you got a good memory. There. We built the turtle tunnel down that, here. That's in right. Tallahassee, we did build the turtle tunnel uh, and they spent tens of billions of dollars handing out uh, grants and, and loans, government backed loans to all kinds of energy companies like Solyndra. Right. Remember Solyndra? A lot of those went belly up. But the real scandal there is not the fact that those companies went belly up. It's that who actually got the money. When that tens of billions of dollars was was uh, was doled out. And we actually did research here at GAI and published this back in the day, like 10 years ago. Do you remember what we found in that case? I absolutely do. I mean, and this is the point. The last time we had non-scientists in charge of handing out (laughs) lots of federal money for green energy concepts. It ended up with friends. I think it ended up like 90% of the money went to people that were bundlers for the Obama campaign, right? That's right. That's right. You had in the case So just think about that. So that means like, so either it's a profound coincidence that just the people that were bundlers for the Obama campaign were the only ones with stimulus worthy or funding worthy green energy ideas. Right. Or when it's like, hey, which green energy ideas are we going to fund? Hey, let's give them to the guy that threw us a cocktail party. (laughs) Right, exactly. And raised us lots of money and helped get us elected and put us in power. And oh, by the way, none of the things worked. Right. Right. And then what happened when they didn't work? Then the technology went bad. The companies went bankrupt and they all got bought up on the cheap by China. China. Exactly. So this is the inherent problem. It doesn't matter if it's a Democrat or Republican. This is why you don't want the federal government uh, putting individual people who are not experts, who are, who are operators, who have been lobbyists, making inc- important decisions like this, because they're going to pass out cash to people that have made them money in the past, are going to make them money in the future, that have employed their family members. It's corrupt. It's cronyism and corrupt when you give people the opportunity to hand 
hand out other people's money. They're going to give it to families and friends. And that's what we're going to see with John Podesta. And there's certainly a history of doing that. Well, I think that's what's alarming, right? So it's not like, hey, John Podesta is kind of questionable guys. Like, no, specifically within the realm of green energy and the political connections to green energy companies, John Podesta, you could argue, uh, certainly has experience, but it's not the kind I think we should be touting or celebrating. And your research for the most recent book, Red Handed, which, by the way, number one, like too many times to count. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but it, but this was one of the stories that I think was underreported. It was. From the book. So we talk about, I mean, speaking of China, right? So the last time, every time we have Democrats in charge of pa- passing out money, who tends to benefit? Democrat donors and China. That's right. And that seems like that's what's about to happen again and just pass this prologue. So we are writing, John Podesta is helping to write the Paris Climate Accord, right? This is the thing that yep. when Donald Back Trump- in 2013. Donald Trump pulls out of it. It's like, oh my gosh, like the sea right. level's about to rise. We're all about to drown. We're going right. to be, have a, you know, pipe of smog connected to our lungs because we're no longer in the Paris Climate Accord. Right. Uh, and so, and he helped write it essentially as an advisor yeah, to the- He negotiated Obama. it with the Chinese and the deal was criticized by a lot of people on both sides of the aisle here in the United States because the Paris Accords were deemed to be highly favorable to China. Mm-hmm. In other words, we were committing to drastically reduce our carbon emissions. There was actually not a cap on China's until 2030. So they're negotiating this almost 20 years. They were going to give them the ability to add as much carbon as they wanted to as possible. It was seen as highly favorable. Now, John Podesta is negotiating this as the White House for the Obama administration. He has a brother, right? What's has, his brother doing his, at this time? Well, you tell me, but his brother's name is Tony. I know his brother's buying some weird art. because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He is an art collector. Oh, I'll man. put that in quotation marks. Uh, some weird art. But Tony Podesta, John's brother, now they co-founded. Uh, the Podesta lobbying firm together. Then John left to go uh, and join the Obama administration. So he got out of that. But Tony stayed in at the same time that John Podesta is negotiating this deal with China. His brother is lobbying on behalf of a number of companies. But one of them is a coalition uh, of climate companies um, that happen to be funded by Chinese energy companies, SunTech Power Holding, Trina Solar, Yingli Green Energy Holding. Podesta was the head of the so-called Team China element of this coalition. So imagine that for a second. You've got John Podesta negotiating a deal with with China for the Paris uh, Climate Accords. That would, oh, by the way, impact the way everyday Americans live their lives in the terms of like what we're allowed to do from an energy usage standpoint. Exactly. It creates this double standard for what Americans are expected to do versus what Chinese people are expected to do. Exactly. John Podesta is negotiating that, pushes it, signs off on that deal. His brother... Is, is, sorry, getting paid right. by Chinese climate energy companies. So this is the kind of conflict of interest that you see with John Podesta. It's not the only time uh, that this has happened. There are other examples of cronyism and corruption um, that include John Podesta as well. First Solar, uh, which is an American energy company. Um, there's an interesting conflict here because John Podesta is the head of the Center for American Progress, uh, which is a leading liberal think tank. Um, they're backing an energy de- uh, energy department program for loans. Who end up gets a, getting a loan for that program and who ends up giving money to Podesta's group at the same time? Right. And this is, by the way, this happens sometimes with think tanks, right? I mean, not ours, but right. <laughs> but sometimes these think tanks, they'll take funding from somebody like Google. 
and then they will sure. go and then testify at Congress about no, that Google's great guys. Yeah, like, I know they should they should disclose. They that, should right? absolutely disclose it. And so, right. So the Center for American Progress had been backing a twenty five billion dollar loan program for the Energy Department, uh, and they specifically praised. They said, you know what, you know, one company that we think actually would really benefit from this, and you should target something. It's called this First Solar, and the firm that received three point seven billion dollars under the program. Well, what they didn't disclose, this is John Podesta's Center for American Progress, is that First Solar was in what they called a business alliance, otherwise known as, <laughs> let's quote here, a secret group of corporate donors. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think, well, by the way, just inside, that'd be a great band name. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so once, secret so, group of corporate donors. So once again, you've got John Podesta using his words right. to support an entity that is privately supporting his wallet. Right. Right. This is classic cronyism. Yeah. And you're pushing a so-called good government idea. You're pushing taxpayer money to be spent that, that we are all paying for. And you're doing it for an entity that's actually putting money in your pocket. It's outrageous. And it's a pattern with John Podesta. And here's the, the, the thing that I think is truly appalling. It's not just domestic companies like First Solar. And it's not just during the uh, uh, you know Obama administration. Is it related to his brother? being a lobbyist, it also relates to John Podesta's own personal investments. Uh, so back in 2011, John Podesta is advising Hillary Clinton. This is like one of my all-time favorite GI moments because this is something that we reported back in 2015, 2016, and we got all kinds of pushback and like, right. oh, it's not true. Right. And then when John Podesta clicked on the wrong link in an email and everyone could read his emails, it's like, Oh, it's very much true. <laughs> we now know nice. how much money you, pay, you got paid for this. That's right. It's always nice to be proven right, yeah. isn't it? So John Podesta is advising Hillary Clinton as Secretary of State. Um, it's interesting. So he didn't take a full-time government position. If he did that, then there'd be all kinds of restrictions on outside activities. He's, quote, unquote, an advisor. Just like he is right now, by the way. That's a great point. Very yeah, I mean, he's a point. senior advisor to the Biden administration for this. He's going to have an office in the White House and there's a team. But it'd be interesting to know if his if him being a special advisor allows him to do the same thing. Yeah, you don't you you don't have to disclose certain entanglements. You don't have to disentangle yourself from other deals. So he's advising Hillary Clinton as yep. secretary of state. The Russian reset is going on. Remember that disastrous policy. And at that time, John <laughs> Podesta. So, so does the Ukraine, by the way. They also remember. <laughs> right, yeah. Exactly. So John Podesta at that time. I'm advising the secretary of state during the Russian restraint, he joins the board and gets stock in three related companies, Jewel Unlimited, Jewel Global Holdings, and Jewel, Jewel Global Steisting, right. which is a, a German company. Um, this is a green energy company. But lo and behold, he joins that board. Three months later, they get a $25 million investment from an investment firm called Rus Nano. Rus Nano is a Russian government investment uh, company. Oops. Uh, and according to the Russian science minister at the time, this is, quote unquote, Putin's child. Right. Putin sort of directs this. So you have literally John Podesta advising the secretary of state on the Russian reset, sitting on the board of a company, getting stock that is getting direct capital investment from the Russian government. And he gets that company to make a donation to the Clinton Foundation. Yes, that company gives a donation to the Clinton Foundation. When this gets disclosed, 
Uh, he pretends that it's not happening when it gets disclosed uh, and he uh, rejoins uh, the administration. He then takes these shares and gives them to his daughter. I should say one of the founders of the company made a donation to the Clinton Foundation, not the company itself. But absolutely. And that's the that's the circle. Right. So yeah. uh, he gets paid his benefactor, the Clintons. They get something for their thing. And then the money goes to his daughter, which the emails disclosed, which how much it didn't be in and, and what he said he did with it. So exactly. And she, by the way, remember, she's on the school board right out in the bay. We like looked into that too. <laughs> right, right. Kind of the weird Double in Ohio, I think and, it is. And yeah. so here's the uh, so here's the, the trouble of it. Right. So. It seems like it's about money and not science and not policy. Right. And that's challenging because, I mean, any analysis of the 370 billion that they're creating for this Inflation Reduction Act, they're like, no, that in John Podesta's job, it's been said in the New York Times and elsewhere, is to essentially throw the weight of the federal government behind the shifting of policies, right? <laughs> right. They're basically, his job is to connect with, I mean, what, what is he good at? Is shaking down companies and getting them to sort of ante up to, to be able to pay to play. Yeah. And so they're saying that that's basically what his job is to do now. And so you see something like what was in the news recently. So the Shell, the gas company, right, right. which obviously has international holdings and affiliations, but they recently uh, promoted their new person to be their new CEO is coming from Integrated Gas Renewables and Energy Solutions Unit. And it's been said that they're Shell is, quote, diversifying into more climate-friendly businesses like EV charging and offshore wind, but is also facing criticism that it's moving too slowly. And so the point is, is that when companies like Shell are now saying, hey, this is where we're going, we're no longer really, I mean, we are still in the oil business, but we're moving into all these other areas where the federal government's creating incentives to do so. Yeah. I mean, what does that say about just like everyday life, what we have to pay at the pump? And oh, by the way, um, you know, it's not like the electric vehicle infrastructure or grid is ready to go at the moment. They are literally uh, discouraging oil and gas companies from producing oil and gas right. and trying to move them into renewables. And that's going to affect all of us in terms of cost, in terms of practicality. I was sharing with you earlier, uh, somebody who shared with me kind of a scenario. If you own an electric car in South Florida and and as that continues to grow, Imagine if a hurricane hit South Florida. Which it's hurricane season, by the way. Absolutely. If you live in Miami or Fort Lauderdale, to get to Jacksonville, Florida is how far approximately? 300 miles. 300 miles. You can't get to Jacksonville, Florida without recharging your car right now. Imagine you had twenty or 30,000 cars fleeing a hurricane from South Florida. They would all be sitting on the highway. Literally, you continue to make these demands on the American people. You continue to push renewables when the renewables aren't at the point where they actually work as effectively and as efficiently as people claim. The people that bear the brunt of it are us. We're the ones, if you live in California, you're being told not to recharge your car. Uh, there are all kinds of restrictions and limitations, added costs. The bottom line is we're the ones that end up paying the price for what John Podesta and these rich investments uh, investors in these companies are actually dealing with. Um, and they profit and we end up suffering because of it. And that's the inherent problem. It's a self-enriching mechanism for the very elite political class. And we are the ones that get caught paying the bill. And not to stipulate that, look, there is a need for us to have an improved electric vehicle grid, right? I mean, sure. we should be in for, sort of in favor of all of it. Yes. But I think, but one of the reasons becomes, well, how come it doesn't exist now? And I think it's because we spend money on things, not necessarily because they're the most market friendly or the most viable, or the most needed from a consumer standpoint, but that because of the things that people like John Podesta's corporate backers say they need and want. 
Right. And and the the point is, is I'm in favor of all of it. I yeah. think you have to have all forms of energy. They're not in favor of oil and gas. Right. They've made that very, very clear. And that is the fuel that matters most in the future of the country. And when you look at this, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, when you look at this Inflation Reduction Act, terribly named, and all this money going into green energy, 80% of the solar panels, of the wind power, of the batteries used in EV cars that are going to benefit, the companies that are going to benefit from this money being doled out, 80% of that is created in China. Mm. So the big winners in this are China. They are going to become the new OPEC. The way that OPEC had the power in the 1970s to shut down Western economies, we're handing that power and enabling China to be able to do that in the future with this kind of legislation because they refuse to meaning the Biden administration refuses to protect and encourage the domestic solar and, and alternative energy industry. They're just throwing this cash that's going to end up in China. And not to make the best point on this podcast in the fewer amount of words, but basically John Podesta's being paid. Once again, China is poised to benefit. Yeah. China, who has paid John Podesta previously, is poised to benefit off of a new policy, just like they did the last time, or a last time they paid John Podesta when he was riding the Paris Climate Accords, which, oh, by the way, benefited them as well. That's exactly right. So this is where we are in America. It is uh, more benefit for those who are rich and wealthy and politically connected. The appointment of John Podesta is just further evidence uh, that this administration, this government is working for the benefit of themselves and their friends and their partners rather than for the benefit of the American people. And we need to be alert. We need to be informed. We need to share this with other people. And we need to express our concerns to the federal government and explain to them why we won't settle for this anymore. That's exactly right. Great point. <laughs> okay, okay. You, I take it back. You made the best point. You made the best point. <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us as always. We really appreciate you listening to The Drill Down. You can go to our website, thedrilldown.com, and you can find this podcast anywhere where fine podcasts can be heard. Thanks for joining us. Until next time.